Do you think Florida fans know that Florida plays Thursday here in Nashville at Bridgestone in the SEC tournament against Mississippi State at noon Central time? Do you think any Gator fan knows this? Uh, our good friend Neil Blackman does, Will. <laughs> That's uh, right. Yep. Neil, <laughs> Neil can't give up the hoop, can he? He can't do he it. Cannot. He cannot. Uh, no, nah, Bill, they're still, you know, they still follow him, of course. But, yeah, you know, their expectations are, are, are not so high. Uh, right now, you know, we got finally got off the skid this weekend uh, and, and got a win to end the season over LSU. But, uh, you know, definitely, uh, you know, some magic needed if they're going to uh, get in the NCAA tournament. Uh, you know, once Colin Castleton went down, kind of just changed the season a bit, Bill. They were still in the bubble at that point anyway. Uh, but then, of course, he goes down and you had a three-game skid. and Went over LSU to, you know, send the seniors out the right way. Uh, but, yeah, you know, need some magic this weekend if they're going to make that NCAA tournament. I know you've been concentrating on football, recruiting, players, all that, but the baseball team looks really good from what I've seen. I mean, like national championship threat good. Yeah, Bill, they're, they're definitely a threat. The bullpen is the, is the worry there. You know, they'll get some big leads and, you know, give up. A, they'll have an inning where they give up five, five six runs, so that's got to be fixed. Uh but that's about it, Bill. I mean, you know, it, the starting pitching's there. Uh, they're, they're just they're killing the ball uh, right now. You know, you know, it's, it's it's rare if they're not scoring over you know ten runs a game right now. Took two out of three over Miami uh, this past weekend. Wasn't able to go to the game Saturday like I was able to. They delayed it a couple of hours uh, there. You know, my parents came down from Georgia, so they had to get back to Georgia. So we weren't able to stay for the the, the you know about almost you know little over almost two hour de- delay there, but. That was a game they lost on Saturday, Bill, but took the game Friday and Saturday or Friday and Sunday uh, over, over Miami. So, you know, you got, got a, uh, a series, uh, a ranked series win there over Miami, uh, ranked number six right now. But, yeah, Bill, you're right. I mean, SEC, I think, what, eight teams in the top 25 right now. You know, we'll get a better feel for all these SEC teams. But for everything they've been able to do so far, Bill, yeah, you, you, you point to the bullpen as something they'll need to work on throughout the season. But there'll be a threat come uh, – you know, once uh, May, June roll around. We've talked about it. I think we touched on it last week. But this projection that's out, and this is not from the SEC office, but it looks pretty accurate until the SEC office acknowledges this. We don't know. But Florida's three permanent football opponents projected as Georgia. That obviously makes sense. But South Carolina and OU. No no Auburn in, in there. Um. Does that surprise you, or do you do you agree or disagree with that? Um, I, I I put this out there last week, Bill. You know, there's a lot of um, Gator, Gator, a lot of Gator fans don't like this. Uh, me personally, if you're going to give me nine conference games, Bill, and you get three permanents, and that's the three permanents you just mentioned. If those are three, and you get six six of the other SEC opponents one year, and the other six next year, then it's not that big of a deal for me you know, you're going to have a nice rotation where florida will play tennessee every other year they'll play lsu every other year would i like to play those teams more absolutely from what they've built from the 90s and you know recently of course with lsu as well uh, but at least you know I, I i take some good with it too now at least florida plays auburn probably every other year now and you know florida lost that rivalry uh there in the 2000s and you, know, you get to see that team now every other year so 
I, I try to, you know, have some checks and balances, Bill, and, and take take and take some good from maybe something bad that's happening. OU being a permanent opponent, uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But when you start thinking of, you know, why wouldn't Florida and Auburn be be one? Well, you know, they're not going to give Auburn, Alabama, Georgia, and Florida. Uh, you know, there's probably got to give them a break there a little bit. Uh, they're going to keep Tennessee and Alabama that rivalry. They're going to keep Alabama and Auburn that rivalry in Florida, Georgia, uh, Mississippi, Mississippi State, Texas, Texas A&M, of course. You know, I think those are your, some of your untouchable rivalries. You know, so they got to work around those and, and make it pretty pretty equal for, for, for everyone uh, as, as best they can. Uh, so not, not, not too big of a hit for me, Bill, since you know, you're probably the, – the way it's going to be structured is you're going to be playing these teams every other year anyway. And, and at least we get some rivalries back that we lost throughout the year from previous expansion. You know, we'll get Florida Auburn back uh, and, you know, we'll get, we'll get some, we'll get some other, some of some of these other games on a more consistent basis as well. Now the historical conspiracy theory since Alabama has been a superpower, which dates back what 50 years is that Georgia and Alabama never play. Now, they, they have to play some in the SEC championship game. They played in the playoffs. We know that. But we're talking about scheduled regular season. Right now, until we get to this new setup in 24, they play twice every 12 years. So this will tighten that up some, too. And, by the way, Alabama fans you've right. noticed are not happy Nick Saban about their yeah. projections. And even Nick acknowledged this which says to me Nick knows this, apparently, or he yeah. wouldn't acknowledge it, that they have LSU, Auburn, and Tennessee. Now, that could be wicked. It can be, Bill, but I, I do look at it since, they're, since there's going to be that other six-team rotation. Right. I think for the most part, these schedules are – they're going to be pretty equal most years, I think. Now, you know, will there be some years where somebody will have it easier than others? Of course, but – I think given a nine-game conference schedule, it's going to be a little more equal than what we're used to in, in the SEC. Uh, Bill, one, one thing Florida fans will point to is since Texas A&M has come into the conference, Georgia's never traveled to Aggieland. They've never been to College Station. Uh, now they've only played Texas A&M once. Now, 2020 comes into play a little bit with COVID and messes some things up. But, you know, Florida had to add Texas A&M that year and go to College Station uh, and then go to College Station again last year, (laughs) two years in a row playing Texas A&M. But I think they only hosted A&M once and have never been to College Station since that expansion. So, uh, Bill, I I do think that things like that now will be rectified, now will be fixed with this new uh, nine-game SEC conference model. I like it. I like the nine games. Uh, The cupcake games don't do a whole lot for me. Uh, and I just, you know, I, I want more good games. I know the TV networks want more good games. I know uh, they like to have these stadiums full now. So I think this nine-game conference schedule uh, really, really sets up well for the SEC. And look, it's going to be a doozy for Florida in 2024 because, Bill, I think we talked about this before, but if they're going to go to that nine-game conference schedule for the 24 season, Florida also has FSU scheduled, of course, but also Miami and UCF. Uh, so that would be a packed 12 game schedule there for the Gators if that stays the same. I don't know if they'll try to maybe move or move the UCF or the Miami games because of this new uh, SEC conference model, but that's something to I think look forward to. But if they don't, Florida's going to have a really, really, really tough schedule in Billy Nature's third season. Gator Dave, Gators breakdown. I was thinking schools that never have much of a chance. But if they can get to six wins, they can get to a bowl game and get some kind of reward. 
You're playing nine league games. That's probably another loss that you could schedule as a win. That could be hurtful to some teams. It can, Bill, and I do wonder if that changes too. Uh, do, is there more of a reprieve now because of uh, of a nine game conference schedule? Now, I think you know what. Uh, whoever decides who goes to bowl games and stuff will have to look at. You know, well, we didn't tell you to go to nine. Not everybody plays nine, or you know, they'll probably look at the landscape of college football before they make a a change. But also, I don't think a lot of fans want to go see a team with a losing record in a bowl game. That happens, you know, every so often with a, with an appeal to to make a bowl game. Uh, but there, so uh, yeah, uh, I, I do think they'll take a look at it. They'll probably keep it at least at six wins, so you have, at least have to have to have a 500 record to get to a bowl game. Uh, but Bill, I, I do think they'll take a look at it with some tougher schedules coming up, and and you know some of these uh, smaller programs, the lower tiered programs, uh, now taking a hit because of more conference games. And look, I know that's what the SEC is trying to do a little bit too, uh, with you know your lower tier schools being matched up maybe more often. Uh, so they can get in that bowl game range, uh, but at the same time, you know, I think you have to, you still have to make it fair uh, a bit for the higher tier schools at the same time. So they got their hands full, Bill. But yeah, I think that the schedule model that you know you're, you're referencing, I think is Ross Dellinger putting it out there for for SI, and I know he's pretty plugged in there to the SEC office. So I, I imagine that what he's putting out there is what he's hearing. It's probably pretty close. Gator Dave with the Skaters breakdown. Okay. We've got to do this. Anthony Richardson. And if he's a superstar pro, I'll be the first to acknowledge it. But all I know is what I see when I see him play football. And it's only inconsistency. Yeah, there's some moments where he looks spectacular. No question. But it never sustains. And now he goes to the Underwear Olympics and he runs a 4-4-4. And he's got a 40-plus vertical. And everybody's drooling. Is this... A put on, or are people serious that the Underwear Olympics projects him as an NFL star? Bill, I don't, I don't think any different about Anthony Richardson from last Tuesday than I do this Tuesday. Right. I mean, I knew what he was going to go out there and do in the combine. I mean, that was been that's been projected ever since you know he's been on campus the last couple of years, and you see him develop that size and that athleticism. What he did this past weekend. It's not really much of a surprise, or maybe a surprise that he set some records, but I knew he was going to do a high vertical. I knew he was going to do a, high, a long broad jump. I knew he was going to run fast. I knew he was going to throw a bomb deep down the field, uh, and, you know, it looked like uh, with ease uh, of a throw. Uh, you know, this past weekend, I think more more importantly, maybe behind the scenes, he impressed some teams with, with some interview skills uh, in, in that part of it, but physically and what we were going to see, that was no surprise out there, uh, Bill. So look, the NFL is going to, you know, project and, and say, you know, they're going to draft him on a projection and maybe what he can be, but you're, you're right, Bill, what he is right now uh, does not look like, you know, he can go carry a team in, in, in the NFL and be a successful quarterback. Very inconsistent. Uh, he's, he needs a lot of work. Uh, and, you know, I, I got my doubts too. Uh, it's just from, from what we saw in 13 starts and the, and the 12 he made this past year, it was so up and down and, Look, I put that I put that superstar mode on him going into last year. I thought he'd have a better year. Uh, not that it was terrible, you know. If Florida had a better defense, you know, you're not looking at Florida's record so much and putting that on Anthony Richardson like I've seen uh, the past few days. You know, that wasn't necessarily all his fault there for, for Florida's six and seven record. Uh, but you know, there were times where he could have played better. Uh, you know, he had the great game versus Utah game one, and then the very next week against Kentucky like he was playing his very first football game ever uh, and couldn't get out of his own way uh, there. So I think that the the biggest thing, Bill, is maybe fixing some confidence to where he can be a more 
a confidence and the skills to be a more consistent quarterback. And that was a question from Sam Dog Kirkland in Macon, Georgia. Ask Dave how he feels moving forward with where Florida football is going into the spring. Uh, Bill, yeah, well, first practice was Saturday. Uh, so Gators hitting the field. And, you know, of course, you, know, I, you just said underwear Olympics there for uh, the combine this past yeah. weekend. Well, the first couple of practices for spring practice are the same way. <laughs> so, right. you know, we can take what we hear and, and with a grain of salt and, and all that. But uh, it did open up there with, uh, of course, Graham Mertz and Jack Miller being the top two quarterbacks. From what I was told, uh, Miller taking most of the one reps, which is expected to, to, with his experience, at least for the first spring practice there uh grand Merce was getting some one reps as well uh when, when you um take a look at just the, the quarterback competition going into spring right now uh but bill i mean that's what it's going to be uh it's going to be what happens at quarterbacks in florida and what austin armstrong coming in for defense how fast can he make his uh presence felt there uh cory raymond is now taking over the entire secondary bill you know previously when patrick tony was the defensive coordinator uh he was over the safeties as well while cory raymond was just over the cornerbacks uh now with this change oh it was going to happen it was going to happen anyway cory raymond was going to take over the whole entire defensive backfield uh and then let patrick tony just concentrate more on being the defensive coordinator uh and that's what austin armstrong is going to do uh, the, the, as a defensive coordinator there for Florida. So, Bill, heading into spring, of course, that's the two biggest storylines for Florida uh, is making sure you identify your quarterback. Uh, Graham Mertz probably going to be the guy. Can he elevate this team? Uh, and hopefully he won't have to make up for a defense that's just been putrid, Bill, for a few years now. Austin Armstrong coming in, and how quickly can he put his fingerprint on this defense to where uh, that they show marked improvement? So that that, that that's the big storylines for spring, Bill, how, how Gator fans have to feel. It's just more of uh, you know where Florida is at right now. It uh, unfortunately is kind of just a wait and see mode of how fast uh, Billy Napier can turn around uh, season one to season two, starting with quarterback and defense. Dave, tell everybody how they can get your content. Yeah, Bill. Everybody can get uh, Gators Breakdown at News4Jacks.com/slash Gators Breakdown on the YouTube and podcast versions wherever you listen to podcasts. At a lot of spring practice coverage the last couple of days there, Bill on Gators Breakdown, uh, Billy Napier on the microphone over the weekend, a couple players as well, uh, and some insider news and notes from the first practice that I shared on the podcast. So getting back into the swing of things, talking some football, Bill. Good stuff, man. See you next week. See ya. Gator Dave, Gators Breakdown, that's each and every Tuesday, does a wonderful job. Griff, a little bit later in Hour number three, looking forward to that Tuesday. A lot of, a lot of baseball, a lot of basketball, man. Yeah, a lot of basketball. I had that UT Chattanooga and uh, what, Furman game. Yeah. <laughs> Furman's a good team, man. UT Chattanooga had a seven-footer. I've seen more seven-footers this year that looked good. Now, again, what that means as a prospect, unclear. But, I mean, Vanderbilt's got a really good seven-footer who's out for the year. Florida had a very good seven-footer. Um, saw one at Furman. I mean, I'm the, obviously the kid in Purdue is really, really good. Seems like they're everywhere. We'll get the break. Coming right back.
Omni Nashville Hotel.